On November 16, 1965, more than 100 inmates of Chicago's House of Correction joined comedian Dick Gregory in a hunger strike against his conviction on charges of disorderly conduct. Gregory had been arrested after a demonstration near the home of Chicago Mayor Richard J. Daley and convicted by an all-white jury. In Washington, President Lyndon Johnson said he would ask Congress in January for legislation to prevent injustice to Negroes at the hands of all-white juries. Movies in American movie theaters included The Great Race, Goldfinger, The Sound of Music, The Bedford Incident, and The Greatest Story Ever Told. Shows on television that night included My Mother the Car, McHale's Navy, and F Troop. And Harry Blackstone died in Hollywood, California. He was 82 years old. The Associated Press obituary called him the last of the great magicians and a master showman. Blackstone's story is prominently featured at the American Museum of Magic in Marshall, Michigan. Where have you gone? Marshall, Michigan. Welcome to Where Have You Gone? People, places, and things that are gone but not forgotten, forgotten but not gone, and the people and places saving these stories for your enjoyment and benefit today. I'm Morris Eckhouse. Our primary destination today is Marshall, Michigan, but I stayed in Battle Creek for my visits to Marshall and Colon, Michigan, so I'll start there. Battle Creek is best known as the Serial City. It's home to Kellogg's since 1906. Earlier, it was a mecca for wellness. The film The Road to Wellville, written and directed by Alan Parker, based on the novel by T.C. Boyle, is inspired by Dr. John Harvey Kellogg and the Battle Creek Sanitarium at the beginning of the 20th century. The book The Kellogg's, The Battling Brothers of Battle Creek, by Howard Markle, tells the story of brothers John Harvey and Will Keith Kellogg, who've been called the Cain and Abel of America's heartland. Charles William Post made his first cereal in Battle Creek in 1895. Today, Post cereals include grape nuts, fruity pebbles, and many more. Post and the Kellogg brothers are all buried in Oak Hill Cemetery in Battle Creek. Battle Creek has a rich baseball history that includes hosting the National Amateur Baseball Federation, or NABF, Major Division World Series since 2013. C.O. Brown Stadium is decorated with banners honoring local championship teams dating back to 1941 from the American Baseball Congress and the American Amateur Baseball Congress. Battle Creek also has a team, the Battle Creek Bombers, in the Northwoods League, a summer collegiate baseball league founded in 1992. Downtown Battle Creek is loaded with history. Informational maps throughout the downtown point out the Michigan historical markers, like Cereal Bowl of America, and public art. Some of the standouts are the Sojourner Truth Monument, the C.W. Post statue, and the Del Shannon Runaway Marker. Sojourner Truth was born in the late 1700s, around 1797, in Swartkill, New York. She was born into slavery, 
but escaped to freedom with her infant daughter in 1826. She went to court to recover her son in 1828. By the time of her death in 1883 in Battle Creek, she was perhaps the most famous African-American woman in 19th century America. Her work on behalf of women and African-Americans make her now considered one of the most important Americans in history. The larger-than-life statue of Sojourner Truth was dedicated in Battle Creek Monument Park on September 25, 1999. The statue was created by artist and sculptor Tina Allen, who's also honored at the site. Allen created many notable sculptures, including one of Alex Haley in Knoxville, Tennessee, during her lifetime of 1949 to 2008. Del Shannon was born Charles Westover, about an hour northwest of Battle Creek in Grand Rapids, Michigan. After serving in the military in 1954, he returned to Michigan and began playing the guitar at the High-Low Club inside the LaSalle Hotel. It was called Battle Creek's only ultra-modern nightclub. According to the legend, Shannon first performed Runaway at the club in the renamed Gilbert Hotel in 1961. It reached number one on the Billboard charts in April 1961. Unfortunately, Shannon suffered from alcoholism and depression and took his own life on February 8, 1990. The public art in Battle Creek honoring Shannon is in the image of the 45 record of Runaway, released on the Big Top Records label in 1961. There's plenty more interesting history in Battle Creek, but it's getting late. Let's move on about 20 minutes east to Marshall, Michigan, after a short break. We hope you're enjoying this second season episode of Where Have You Gone? If you've missed any of our previous episodes, fear not. We don't throw away anything. Our first season consisted of 13 episodes about 12 people in one place, plus a 14th episode recapping the first season. Seek them out at your favorite podcast sources or our website, whygpodcast.com. Marshall, Michigan has a population of about 7,000. By comparison, Colon, Michigan has a population of about 1,100. Colon is the magic capital of the world, but Marshall is to Cooperstown, New York, as the American Museum of Magic is to the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. Marshall's National Historic Landmark District is the largest in the small urban category in the United States. The Brooks Memorial Fountain has been a landmark at the west end of historic downtown Marshall since 1930. Near the east end of the downtown area is the historic post office at 202 East Michigan Avenue. Built in 1932, it features a basement museum with the largest collection of U.S. postal memorabilia outside of Washington's Smithsonian Institute. The museum is open by appointment. The Greetings from Marshall mural at Grand Street Park on the west side of the downtown contains a variety of historical images. Each letter in Marshall honors a historic destination. The M honors the American Museum of Magic. 
The American Museum of Magic is located at 107 East Michigan Avenue. Built in 1868, the historic building has been home to a saloon, billiard parlor, and clothing store before it became home to the American Museum of Magic in 1978. Created by Robert and Elaine Lund, the museum has two floors of exhibits and memorabilia about the history of magic. As you might expect, the big names are well represented. Houdini, Blackstone, Thurston. Stories of Houdini and Blackstone are featured on the first floor. The walls are covered with posters from the great magic shows. There's Carter the Great and Newman the Great. There's Chris Charlton, a British illusionist. There's Richards the Wizard, billed as America's master magician. There's Larry Hess, billed as America's famous magician. There's Alexander, the man who knows. Exactly what he knows is not explained on the poster. Many of the posters on display at the American Museum of Magic were printed by the Otis Lithograph Company of Cleveland, Ohio. In its day, it also printed many movie posters and has its own historic legacy. The first floor also features a tribute to June Horwitz, born 1913, died 2018. She was the first female president of the IBM, the International Brotherhood of Magicians, in 1987. She was the daughter of Abe Warsaw. As a young girl through her father, she met Houdini and Thurston. She became an accomplished magician and did card tricks well past her 100th birthday. Robert Lund died in 1995. After his death, Elaine Lund purchased Marshall's former public library to house the museum archives. Mrs. Lund died in 2006. The Lunds are buried at Lakeside Cemetery in Colon. I suppose that the American Museum of Magic is aptly described as an old-fashioned museum in that it's heavy on two-dimensional artifacts like posters and pictures, light on buttons and electronic technology. It's filled with stories. If you look closely at the posters, you'll get a sense of a mostly bygone age. For instance, on stage, Thurston's Miracles of Magic, Million Dollar Mystery, Unfinished Miracles of Modern Magic Never Shown, presented by Will Rock, the master magic creator, the greatest magic show on earth, Burwell Theater, Parkersburg. The poster appears to be from 1940. Near the poster, there's a letter from Jane Thurston, daughter of Howard Thurston, written in 1938, addressed to whom it may concern, stating that Rock had acquired several of Thurston's illusions from her after her father's death. She noted that Rock had worked with her father and was most qualified to present the effects that had been used in the Thurston Magic Show. The museum also has a display that tells the story of Gus Rapp, born 1871, died 1961. Late in his life, Rapp wrote The Life and Times of Augustus Rapp, the small-town showman. The antithesis of the big stage show performers, like Blackstone and Houdini, Rapp spent nearly 60 years wandering the Midwest and rural South with his suitcase show. According to his biography in the online Magicpedia at geniemagic.com, Rapp was a close friend of Houdini and Thurston. He worked for Percy Abbott, and he managed a small hotel in Nashville, Tennessee. 
There's the story of Ben and Marion Chavez and the Chavez College of Magic. It was founded in 1941 and is still going today. There's the story of Neil Foster, the aforementioned editor of the new Topps magazine for Abbott's Magic Company. Foster graduated from the Chavez College of Magic. After Ben Chavez died in 1961, Marion sold the rights to the Chavez College of Magic to Foster and Dale Salwak in 1978. Foster ran the eastern branch of the school and Salwak the western in California. Like Foster, who died in 1988, Salwak has made numerous appearances at Abbott's get-together. He's also a successful writer, with a doctorate in English literature from the University of Southern California, and numerous books including Living with a Writer, A Passion for Books, The Wonders of Solitude, and Carl Sandburg, A Reference Guide. There are many such stories. Let your curiosity be your guide. I think anyone with an interest in magic will enjoy a visit to Marshall, Michigan, and the American Museum of Magic. If you can't get to Marshall right away, you can also visit the museum's website at AmericanMuseumOfMagic.com. Do you have an idea for an episode of Where Have You Gone? A person, place, or thing gone but not forgotten? or forgotten but not gone, with a connection to the mid-20th century? If you do, let us know. Connect with us on Facebook at Where Have You Gone Podcast, or on Twitter at WHYG Podcast. And now, back to the show. For all my talk about bygone days, there's still magicians like David Copperfield, Lance Burton, Penn and Teller, and others descended from the great stage magicians of the past. There are TV shows like Penn and Teller, Fool Us, and Masters of Illusion. There are conventions like the Abbott's Get Together and the IBM and the SAM conventions. There are books and magazines. Magic seems to be alive and well. I concluded my visit to the American Museum of Magic and Marshall and headed to Detroit. On the way, I stopped in Ann Arbor, Michigan, home of the University of Michigan, and two bookstores I especially like, Don Treader Bookshop and Literati Bookstore. They are quite different. Don Treader is loaded with used and rare books. Literati opened in 2013, in part due to the closing of Borders in 2011. The bookshelves were purchased from the Borders store number one. It was chosen the 2019 Publishers Weekly Bookstore of the Year. Historic information about Ann Arbor is on view throughout the downtown. On any given corner, you might learn about the Ann Arbor bus station of the 1930s, architecture and business on Courthouse Square, uptown theaters, including the Michigan and the State, and the James Foster House of Art. Especially noticeable is the refurbished Greyhound bus terminal sign on the exterior of the hotel that replaced the bus station. When the station was demolished in 2014, some historic elements, like the sign, were saved and restored. As far as I can tell, there's no historic marker yet 
for the First Borders Bookstore at 209 South State Street in Ann Arbor. From Ann Arbor, it's a short drive east to Detroit. That's where I'll pick up the story of my road trip in the next episode of Where Have You Gone? I'm Morris Eckhouse, host of Where Have You Gone? Our music was composed and performed by Harry Richardson. Our logo was designed by Jeff Santala. The Where Have You Gone podcast is produced by Alan Eckhouse. Where Have You Gone is a production of The Morwin Company. <laughs>